Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good evening, everyone, on the east coast of the United States, the central region of the United States, and on the west coast, uh, 7 o'clock in Eastern Standard Time, so it's about 4 o'clock um, approaching the evening, on the west coast and the mountain region area of the United States and around the world, uh, the various time zones. My name is Kennard. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. This is a special edition of this program. I didn't have an opportunity, the last Bible study that I gave, to talk about the prophetic significance of Hanukkah. And I'm going to go over that today. Uh, it's something that uh, you should know about and prepare for because uh, we are certainly living in the end times. There's so much perversion out there over the Internet, uh, even not on the Internet, and it's just to a point where it's like the days of Lot and also the days of Noah because they are both similar as the Lord stated. Uh, Let's turn to Luke chapter 17 for proof of that. And then we're going to get into our special Bible study today explaining what these, the, we're, going to, what we're going to do is explain the prophetic significance of Hanukkah. The prophetic significance of Hanukkah. But first, let's go to Luke chapter 17 to understand the times that we're living in, the very wicked times that we're living in today. Luke chapter 17, verse 26. Uh, we're going to read this in the King James Version of the Bible. And as it was in the days of Noah, or Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. Verse 27. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage. So there was rampant marrying and all kinds of perversion in that going on. Uh, people were going about their lives regularly as they are doing now, and of course they don't think that nothing's going to happen. They don't think uh, nothing's going to happen. But the Word of God says nay to that. And in verse 27, they did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah, or Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, and they built it. 
Verse 29, but the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Uh, hold your place here in uh, Luke 17, verse 29. We're going to turn to another scripture. It's a prophecy of people's attitude in the 21st century about the coming of the Messiah. And this uh, prophecy is found in Second Peter chapter 3 by the apostle Peter, or Kepa. Uh, or Kepha, rather, K-E-F-A, um, in Hebrew. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 13. Uh, it says right here, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth. That's not the scripture that I was looking for. Second um, Peter, oh, it's, in, it's in the same chapter, but above. Verse 13, Second Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days, you might as well put 21st century, because it's certainly, uh, I can't see the Messiah not coming back in this century here. Uh, we have 87 years for that to happen, and we're not going to, even scientists today says we're not going to last 87 years unless there's a major change in, in uh, our social behavior. But anyway, 2 Peter 3, verse 3, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days, the 21st century, scoffers. What's a scoffer in the original Greek? It means emphates, uh, and it means a derider, a false teacher, a mocker. So there's going to be many false teachers and mockers in the 21st century walking after their own lusts, their own lusts. And the Greek word for that is ipithomia, longing desire, lust, the wrong type. Verse 4, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. So this is a prophecy. This is a prophecy that is is a lot of people's attitude today in this century that, uh, you know, they they say by their attitude and, and sometimes even... Say it outright. Where is the promises of coming? This isn't this isn't the end times yet. Yeah, no, we we got plenty of time left. We we have all that. And then in verse five of Second Peter chapter three, for this they willingly are ignorant that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word, are kept in store, preserved into fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years in one day. And in verse 9 of Second Peter chapter 3, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but his long-suffering is patient to us to us were not willing that any should perish. He, d- he doesn't want anyone, folks, to die. He is a very passionate and merciful God. It's, it's beyond my comprehension to understand how compassionate <laughs> and merciful he really is. He, he really is. He, he, he's gentle and he applies the pressure when needed. But we all have to get to a point 
where we have to realize that his way is best and our way is wrong. And when we obey his way, as uh, listed in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and Leviticus uh, chapter 26, we get blessed. That means things go well with us. And when we do not obey his laws, his Torah, his teachings, his doctrines, then bad things happen to us, which is called curses. People don't focus on the blessings of obedience. Uh, and that's the reason why the false doctrine that has been taught for thousands of years now, um, the false doctrine that the, uh, that the uh, entire doctrines and, and the teachings and, and, and the laws and regulations of, of God have been nailed to the cross. And, and that's not true at all. That's not true at all. That is uh, one of the greatest lies of all time as far as religion is concerned. But this verse, it says, But is long-suffering to us that not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And what is repentance? It means to change, to turn around, to, to change your mind, change how you behave, change how you think. Change how you think. And so, in verse 10 it says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that therein shall be burnt up. And in verse 11, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner ought ye to be in all holy conversation and goodliness? So we shouldn't. Think that this world is going to continue the way it is. Uh, everything will be purified and burnt up that's wicked in this world, ladies and gentlemen. And we should be, as it states in verse 12 of Second Peter chapter 3, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God. The day of God. And hasting in Hebrew, and not in Hebrew, but in Greek, means to speed and speedily and to look eagerly for the coming of the day of the Lord. We should be looking eagerly. For the coming of the day of the Lord, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Verse 13 of Second Peter chapter 3, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens, or renewed heavens and renewed earth, where dwells righteousness. Righteousness, in Psalm 119, verse 172, is defined as keeping the commandments of God, ladies and gentlemen. Now, there's another prophecy that I must alert you to to help you understand all this burning that's going to occur, the purifying of the earth, is in Isaiah chapter 66. And we're going to get right into, jump right into the meaning, prophetic meaning of Hanukkah here in a few minutes here. Isaiah chapter 66. Isaiah chapter 66. And it talks about when the Lord comes and how he's going to come. Isaiah chapter 66, I'm trying to find it here, in verse 15. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 15. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 15. For behold, the Lord will come with fire. So he's going to come with fire and with chariots like a whirlwind to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. Of Isaiah chapter 66. For by fire and by his sword will the Lord plead with all flesh. He's going to plead with all flesh, ladies and gentlemen. That word plead in Hebrew is shofat. And it means to judge, to sentence, to punish, to govern, to litigate. 
That's what he's going to do, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to punish and litigate with all flesh. And the slain of the Lord shall be many. And when he, when, when the, the thief of a night, people that are understanding that Jesus was a Jew, uh, he always has been a Jew, but of course in Christianity today that's not emphasized. And, and it's great that, that God calls someone to understand it, that his son is a Jew. People refer to the, that they get into the Hebraic roots, they, the thief of the night, uh, referring to the time when the, when the priests were at the temple and they were supposed to watch the temple, and they didn't, and they fell asleep and, and so forth. And, and uh, they were waking up by allowing a fire to burn around them and so forth. But that's true. It's referring to that. But also, Yeshua gave us a sign in the book of Revelation to help us understand when the thief of the night situation will occur. And that is in Revelation chapter 16. Revelation chapter 16, uh, remember, I, I'm going over the book of Revelation. If you've listened to me for the first time or you know about my program and you listen to it occasionally, I would suggest you start listening to the program now uh, because I'm really getting into the book of Revelation because I really feel that, that things in the world, I sense that Yah is, is uh, telling me, or I get a sense anyway, that things are really going to get really bad here soon. And so I really feel while I'm still alive, while I have the opportunity to do on Blog Talk Radio, to uh, give a extensive Bible study on the book of Revelation. So uh, please uh, feel free. It's free. Uh, I'll never sell anything on this program. I'll never sell any literature. I'll never do any of that because uh, I freely received, uh, I've freely received, rather, I'm going to freely give as commanded. So, of course, you know, if you want to give to this work, uh, feel free to do so. Um, but I'm not going to pester people and remind them over and over and over again to give to me. If you don't understand you need to give to a Torah teacher or a minister of God, then uh, you need to do some serious Bible study. Anyway, uh, Revelation chapter 16. Well, before I get into that, let me just explain to you that there's three different types of punishments in the Bible. There's six uh, prophetic or seven prophetic seals. There's seven prophetic trumpets. There's seven prophetic plagues or vials. The seventh of each initializes another event. And so, for example, the seventh seal initializes the seven trumpets. The seventh trumpet initializes the seven plagues. They're not all the same event but they are, they are in succession. So now I'm going to talk about the sixth vial because the sixth vial, you might as well put an equal sign there, is equivalent to the time where he comes as a thief in the night, or getting ready to anyway. So the sixth vial, here's a description of the sixth vial in Revelation chapter 16. Revelation chapter 16. Verse 12, Revelation chapter 16, verse 12. And remember, this is a part of the seven vials which are initiated after the seventh trumpet. Revelation 16, verse 12. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, which is located in the area of Iraq today. And the water 
therefore was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Verse 14, for they are spirits of devils working miracles. So uh, let's, let me stop there. It's important to understand that demons or devils can work miracles, ladies and gentlemen. A miracle in the Greek means saminyan, saminyan, right? And it means uh, supernatural. It's not natural, it's supernatural, okay? And they can do those things, ladies and gentlemen. How else are they going to be able to deceive people if there's not a supernatural event or events occurring around the world? For they are spirits of devils working miracles which go forth into the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty, which is the day of the Lord, ladies and gentlemen. I covered that in a previous broadcast in reference to the book of Revelation. Verse 15 of Revelation chapter 16. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, that he walk, that he not walk naked, and they see his shame. Now, getting back to the traditional way where they, uh, the Jews interpreted this, uh, when the priest or the Levite would um, fall asleep, they would... Uh, uh, initialize his fire to wake them up. Okay? Now, also, the temple can be interpreted spiritually. We, we are the temple of God. Hold your place here in Revelation chapter 16, verse 15. And let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, where it talks about that, us being the temple. And, and uh, by us being the temple, we need to understand that we need to purify our temples. And that's what Hanukkah is all about as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you, or should. Verse 17. If any man defiles the temple, in other words, your body, of God, him shall God destroy for the temple of God is holy, which you are. And so if you have the Holy Spirit in you and you defile that temple, God will eventually, he'll be patient with you, but if you don't repent and if you purposely continue to sin, he will destroy you. That's what he's saying. And so we have to keep that in mind. So going back to Revelation chapter 16, so we must watch ourselves just like the levite was watching the temple and keep our garments that not we walk naked naked is a symbolic for sinning and someone identifies and sees your shame and then of course you don't want the father seeing you sin that's embarrassing he's always seeing what we do and we should care about that verse 16 and he gathered them together into a place called in the hebrew tongue armageddon armageddon and that's, you know, um, of Hebrew origin, that name. It means Armageddon or Armageddon. All right. And at, when, when, all, the, the, when he mentioned this, he says, I, Behold, I come as a thief. 
when you think of that prophetically, you're thinking about all the armies being surrounded, Armageddon, okay, in a place called Armageddon. And then Joel um, chapter 3 talks about how they are all gathered together for what is called the Lord's sacrifice prophetically. And then after, so the thief in the night really is equivalent to all the nations being gathered together. And then when, all, when they're gathered together, that's when the Messiah comes back with the angels and the saints and lands his feet on the Mount of Olives. And that's explained in Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 17 and 18 talk about the beasts, the two beasts, the geopolitical beasts and the religious beasts. And then in, in the Re- Revelation chapter 18, it talks about how these two beasts are or will be destroyed. Uh, actually, Revelation chapter 17 t- talks about a little bit of how they will be, and then Revelation 18 is the um, culmination of that or the, the final destruction of what is called Babylon, this false religious and geopolitical and educational system that has existed on this earth for a long time. And really, Babylon really is the devil's kingdom. That's what it is. Okay. So, let's go to Matthew chapter 24. I'm going to try to break this down as simple as I can. My purpose is not to impress you by my knowledge of biblical Hebrew or Hebrew and so forth. My purpose is to clarify these things for you so that you can understand. Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. The holy place, scripturally, is referring to the temple. Whosoever readeth, let him understand. He said that because a lot of people don't understand this. So he's telling us to understand. Now, this event, this abomination of desolation, which I'm going to explain what that is and and how it's linked to Hanukkah in a minute. But in verse 16, it states, Then let them which be in Judea, which is the West Bank today in, uh, in in the Middle East, flee into the mountains. Flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down and take anything out of his house. In verse 18 of Matthew chapter 24, Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. In verse 19, And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days or are pregnant. So pregnant women, it's going to be tough for every one of you. It's going to be a difficult time. Verse 20 of Matthew chapter 24, But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Shabbat day. So that reveals that there will be believers even in, up into the 21st century that will still be keeping the Shabbat day or the Sabbath day. Verse 21, For there shall be great tribulation, great sorrow, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor ever shall be. And verse 22, And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. Another version says saved alive. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. We did not even have the capability of this prophecy being fulfilled, the genesis of it anyway, until August 6, 1945, with the the detonation of Little Boy over, um, uh, not Nagasaki, but uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I forgot what the name of the other bomb was. 
But as um, Harry Truman, our president at the time of the the, uh, detonation of uh, the first nuclear bomb in a war, uh, he had declared that we had entered another um, uh, important phase in human history and that we've tapped into the power of the atom and that we had the capability of destroying all of mankind. And so ever since 1945, we have entered that, that, that era of capability. And I would say in the 1970s, we had the capability of doing it. But we certainly do now. We certainly do now. If you, if you type in the doomsday clock, uh, if you read, uh, I think we're five minutes to midnight right now. Uh, we certainly have the capability of fulfilling what uh, Yeshua stated here. Uh, it says, except those days should be shortened there should no flesh be saved. That's a, that's a real easy way to understand that we are certainly living in the end times, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so what is Hanukkah, first of all? Let me just go over simply what Hanukkah is. And this is from Judaism 101. Hanukkah, the Jewish festival of rededication. Hanukkah means um, dedication. It's also known as the Festival of Lights. It's an eight-day festival beginning on the 25th day of the Jewish month of Kislev. Now, according to the Maccabees, it was set up the abomination of desolation. Uh, This is a description of the abomination of desolation. It was set up on the 15th day of the month of Kislev and the first hog was sacrificed to it on the 25th day of the same month in the year 168 BCE. Three years later, on the 25th day of Kislev in the year 165 BCE, the Maccabees cleansed and rededicated the temple. This is found in Light by First Fruits of Zion on page 21. So, basically, in a nutshell, Hanukkah is pictures the abomination of desolation. And the Bible talks about that. That's why he told us, he said um, in verse 15, Yeshua stated, When you shall therefore see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoever readeth, let him understand. So let's go to Daniel to understand this, and then we'll go to some apocrypha uh, writings. Uh, the apocrypha were uh, writings that were included in the Bible in the 1611 version of the King James, and they were taken out later on. But the Apocrypha are very good Jewish writings that help us understand the Bible and gives us um, some some additional history to help us understand the Bible, like in this case with Daniel. But anyway, Daniel chapter 11, Daniel chapter 11, starting in verse 31. Daniel chapter 11, verse 31. And arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary, which is the holy place of strength, and shall take away the daily, and they shall place the abomination that make of desolate. The daily, it was the, the, the morning and evening sacrifice of the lamb. And so that was stopped way back in the time of Maccabees. And, they, and it states here, they shall place the abomination that make of desolate. All right? And that's what it is. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall and against the covenant, in other words, not obeying the Torah, the laws of God, and shall he corrupt by flatteries. And it's talking about um, Antiochus Epiphanes. That was the the wicked king at this time. Um, 
but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Uh, as you'll see, um, this wicked king, this root of wickedness, is a type of the anti-Messiah in the end time. That's the, why, that's the reason why Yeshua referred to this event that happened um, after the time of Daniel. Uh, Daniel 11, verse 33, And they shall understand among the people, shall instruct many, yet they shall fall by sword and by flame, by captivity, by spoil many days. Now when they shall fall, they shall be helped. It's talking about the Maccabees with a little help, but many shall cleave to them with flatteries. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white even to the time of the end because it is yet for a time appointed. So anyway, that describes uh, the event that I explained to you about the Maccabees. And then if we turn to First uh, Maccabees chapter 1, verses 41 and 62, we get a description I'm going to read a little bit of what, what it says here. In uh, 1 Maccabees chapter 1, verse 41 and 62, Moreover, King Antiochus wrote to his whole kingdom that all should be one people and everyone should leave his laws. So all the heathen agreed according to the commandment of the king. Yes, many also the Israelites consented to his religion and sacrificed unto idols and profaned the Shabbat. For the king has sent letters by messengers into Jerusalem and the cities of Judea, that they should follow the strange laws of the land and forbid burnt offerings and sacrifice and drink offerings in the temple and that they should profane the Shabbat and the festival days and pollute the sanctuary and the holy people, just like uh, Daniel chapter 11 stated. Set up altars and groves and ch chapels of idols and sacrifice swine's flesh and unclean beasts. That's the abomination of desolation. The abomination was destroying the temple and, and, and sacrificing pigs that they should also lead their children uncircumcised and make their souls abominable with all manner of uncleanness and profanation. To the end, they might forget the law, the Torah, or the instructions of God, and change all the ordinances. And whosoever would not do according to the commandment of the king, he said he should die. In verse 51, In the selfsame manner wrote he to his whole kingdom and appointed overseers over all the people, commanding the cities of Judea, uh, to sacrifice in Judea, to sacrifice city by city. Then many of the people were gathered to them to wit everyone that forsook the law, and so they committed evils in the land and drove the Israelites into secret places, even wheresoever they could flee for succor. And so this is interesting what's going on here, or what, what, or what went on. Now, the 15th day of the month of Kislev, in the 145th year, they set up an abomination of desolation upon the altar. And build it idol on. This is what the listen to this. This is what the abomination of desolation is described by Yeshua or Jesus. That's his Hebrew name, Yeshua. They set up the abomination of desolation upon the altar and build it idol altars throughout the cities of Judea, or Judah, on every side, and burnt incense at the doors of their houses and in the streets. And when they had rent in pieces the books of the law which they had found, they burnt them with fire. And whosoever was found the book of the testament or any committed to the law of the king's commandment was that they should put him to death. Thus did they by their authority unto the Israelites every month to as many as were found in the cities. Now the 25th day of the month they did sacrifice upon the idol altar, which was upon the altar of God, at which time according to the commandment they put to death certain women that had caused their children to be circumcised, and they hanged their infants about their necks and rifled their houses and slew them that had circumcised them. Verse 62, Howbeit many in Israel were fully resolved and confirmed in themselves not to eat any unclean thing. Wherefore, 
the rather to die that they might not be defiled with meats and that they might not profane the holy covenant, in other words, violating the commandments of God. So then they died, and there was very great wrath upon Israel. And so the miracle that is described, the miracle was found in 1 Maccabees chapter 4, verse 30 to 59. The, the real miracle was the fact that uh, God had intervened and uh, against tremendous odds, he allowed the Maccabees to overcome and take over to the temple and rededicate it and purify it and stop it from being an abomination. And in Second Maccabees chapter 10, verse 1 to 9, it says, Moreover, Judas and his brethren and the whole congregation of Israel ordained that the days of the dedication of the altar should be kept in their season from year to year by the space of eight days from the 25th day of the month of Kislev with mirth and gladness. And there's a, there was a tradition saying that uh, the oil to light the lamp, uh, the, the lamps uh, ran out, and God miraculously provided some oil. So that's the reason why um, there's an eight-day celebration. So uh, in verse 1 of Second Maccabees chapter 10, verse 1, Now Maccabeus and his company, the Lord guided and recovered the temple and the city, but the altars which the heathen had built in the open city and also the chapels, they pulled down. And having cleansed the temple, they made another altar, and striking stones, they took fire out of them and offered a sacrifice after two years and set forth incense and lights and showbread. When that was done, they fell flat down and besought the Lord that they might come no more into such troubles. But if they sinned any more against them, that he himself would chasten them with mercy. And we also, when we ask for punishment, we should ask for mercy. <laughs> and that they might not be delivered into the blasphemous and barbarous nations. Now, upon the same day that the strangers profaned the temple, on the very same day it was cleansed again, even the 25th day of the same month, which is Kislev. And they kept the eight days of gladness as in the Feast of Tabernacles. So the um, Hanukkah is like the Feast of Tabernacles in a way. Remembering that not long before they had held the Feast of Tabernacles when as they wandered in the mountains and, and dens like beasts. Therefore they bare branches and fair bowls and palms and sang psalms unto him that had given them good success in cleansing his place. They ordained also by a common statute and decree that every year the, those days should be kept of the whole nation of the Jews. And this was the end of Antiochus called Epiphanes. He thought he was a god. So that should explain to you what the abomination of desolation is. Uh, this event in the end times will be similar to what occurred uh, back then. And in Second Chronicles chapter 21, verse 15 and 19 describes uh, how the temple uh, was rededicated. For Second Corinthians chapter 29, verse 15 and 19. This was done before, before Hanukkah. Okay, so that should help you to understand in, in John chapter 10 verse 22 to 23 some people are, are preaching or matter of fact uh, one individual emailed me stating that he doesn't believe that Yeshua celebrated Hanukkah I say the nay to that uh, uh, this scripture in John chapter 10 verse 22 plainly reveals that uh, all scholars uh, say the same thing or most of them anyway in John 10 verse 22 and, and it was at Jerusalem the feast of dedication uh, that word in the Greek is enkania, and it means uh, renewal, um, dedication, Hanukkah. That's what it's referring to, ladies and gentlemen. So um, Yeshua did. He was around the time 
uh, of this celebration in Jews back then in the first century can be proven if you study Jewish history. They regularly uh, acknowledge Hanukkah. There's nothing evil about Hanukkah, ladies and gentlemen. It is a, it's a great day. It's a day to focus on realizing the prophetic significance of it, that the temple will be rebuilt. Um, if you don't believe me, go to www. Um, what's that website? Is www.templeinstitute.org. Is www.templeinstitute.org. They have everything ready. They have the priests ready. Uh, I, I think the red heifer is ready or will be ready. Um, they have everything ready to build the temple. Something needs to happen to have the temple rebuilt. Now, Antiochus Epiphanes ruled that the Sabbath should be broken, don't celebrate the holy days, set up idols, eat unclean animals, don't circumcise your sons, forget the Torah, you don't have to obey it. I hate to say this, but this sounds like Christianity today. Uh, Christianity today does not, they say that the Sabbath, uh, you don't have to keep it. You don't have to celebrate the holy days. Um, uh, the Catholic Church certainly sets up idols, and they have all kinds of idols. Uh, all the uh, Christian churches, most of them teach that you can eat any meat you want. If that's been done away with, don't circumcise your sons. And forget the Torah. You don't have to obey it. That is what is taught today. That is the great lie. So the spirit of Antimessiah or the Antiochus Epiphanes, which is a type of Antimessiah, is already present. You, you go, you know, the word of God is the, is the Messiah. And when you don't obey God, you're anti-Messiah or you're anti-word of God. That we rededicate ourselves for those who already have the Holy Spirit and for those who strive to want to. This is a good time to repent. This is a good time to be immersed in, or baptized and to receive the Holy Spirit. And so how do we rededicate ourselves or for the for someone listening to me for the first time, how do you repent? How do you repent and, 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 and cleanse your mind? Well, let's turn to, let's first of all understand um, with Hanukkah, a menorah, a seven-branch menorah is used. And in the middle of that menorah, you can look this up on the Internet, M-E-N-O-R-H, seven-branch menorah, in the middle of it is the um, is the uh, middle candle, and it's called the servant. And that middle candle symbolizes the Messiah. And I went over this, uh, I think, last week when I talked about the menorah and the people of God. And uh, this is described in Revelation chapter one. Revelation chapter one. Revelation chapter one. And if you just uh, read um, verse 16 to 20, it'll, it'll tell you that that's the Messiah. He's that servant uh, that serves the other candles, which symbolizes the seven assemblies, which I'm going to be going over uh, in detail starting next week, the seven assemblies or churches. But that word Hebraically should be translated um, assemblies. So John 9, verse 4 to 5, tells you that the Messiah is the light of the world, and in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, it tells us that we should be uh, living sacrifices. And in Matthew 5, verse 14 and 16, plainly reveals the following. 
Matthew 5, Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse um, 14. He says, you are the light of the world. So true believers who keep the Sabbath and celebrate the holy days and don't eat unclean animals and understand the importance of circumcision uh, health-wise and also as a sign that you will keep the Torah or, or all the commandments of God to the best of your ability and actually keep the instructions of God, which is uh, the Torah, and don't believe that the the, the uh, law is nailed to the cross. Um, Matthew 5, verse 14, you are the light of the world. That That's the light of the world. These individuals that, that understand that they need to keep Torah. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Verse 15, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but put it under a candlestick or a menorah, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. That are all that are in the house. Or actually, that's a lampstand there. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before people so that they may see the good things you do and praise your Father in heaven. I'm reading this in the complete Jewish Bible version. Uh, in the King James, it states, uh, in verse 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so, pure religion, ladies and gentlemen, is about doing something. It's not about having this type of knowledge that no one else has and that makes you better than someone else. That's not what it's about, ladies and gentlemen. It's about giving that knowledge to other people so that you can serve them. Uh, in James 1, verse 27, pure religion, that word religion in the Greek means worship. Uh, pure worship and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. That is the Hanukkah uh, part the latter part there, uh, keep himself unspotted from the world, cleaning out our bodies, our minds, purifying our temple to make it holy so God doesn't destroy us. And, of course, the good works, the, the light part of it is uh, visiting the fathers and the widows in their affliction and, and helping the poor. So you should be doing this at this time of season. Hanukkah begins uh, based on the uh, biblical calendar this Friday evening ladies and gentlemen. And um, I implore you to start to celebrate Hanukkah. Now, on a Jewish calendar, it begins, uh, I think, a little earlier than that. But uh, we, we need to understand the following in Ecclesiastes 12. This is the final scripture that I'm going to quote here. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of mankind or man. Why? Verse 14. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And so that is Hanukkah, ladies and gentlemen. It pictures the great tribulation. The start of the Great Tribulation, it pictures uh, the abomination of desolation, which is a uh, the temple being, the, the temple sacrifices will be stopped. 
for Yeshua to refer to the abomination of desolation. He's telling us that there will be another temple built in this end time. Uh, go to the templeinstitute.org. There's an organization that was created solely for the purpose of rebuilding the temple or building the temple in Jerusalem. And then sacrifices will be initiated again, and they're going to be stopped like they were back in the days of Antiochus Epiphanes. And that will begin the Great Tribulation, ladies and gentlemen. So that is the prophetic, in a simple way, that's the prophetic significance of Hanukkah. May the Lord bless and keep you, and God willing, I'll be available to speak to you this coming Shabbat. Shalom, which means peace in Hebrew. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. <laughs> 